Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we'll start it off with. Hallelujah. Oh, we love His presence, don't we? Hallelujah. Here we go. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, King James says patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you, say me, become weary and discouraged in your souls. The Holy Spirit, since I've been pastoring here at Living Waters Chapel, if you look back on all the titles of the messages, if you listen to them, you will see I preached about faith quite a bit. Why? Because faith is so important to us as Christians. Amen? So I, I, I have been preaching on different aspects of faith, and today the Holy Spirit has given me a different aspect of faith, a different perspective to share with you about the topic. Today I want to talk about the race of faith. The race of faith. Because there are people here wanting to give up on that race. Our life on this earth as a Christian is a journey. The Word of God calls it a race. Say race. We are in a spiritual race. Now, it's a marathon, but nevertheless, it's a race. Amen? Some people start out sprinting. They get all tired, wore out. They get ahead of God, and they end up dropping out of the race. Let me tell you this. The only way that we will be able to lose this race of faith is if we, listen, disqualify ourselves from it. If you and I throw in the towel and forsake Christ, if you don't forsake Christ, if you keep moving forward with God and you stay in fellowship with Him, you stay in the race, you will make it to the heavenly finish line one day. Amen? If you continue to remain faithful to Jesus Christ by keeping Him at the very center of your life and fulfill your calling on this earth, I'm telling you, you will receive a reward in heaven. Those who have gone on before us, they have, they're, they're, they're enjoying the presence of God right now. They're enjoying their reward. Amen? The good news is this. You are not expected, listen to me, you're not expected to do this race on your own. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you to help you carry on. Say carry on on. in this race. When you are tired, when you feel like a failure, it is the Holy Spirit that comes and he stirs you up on the inside and says, don't give up. I went through a, a tragic divorce back in 2010. All right. And there is a and. This happened when I was pastoring on the west side of the state. So I lost that position because of that situation. Hello, somebody. Now, so I lost a position up there. I lost, feels like my family, right? The kids and everything, right? I'm right. Anybody who's been through a divorce, you feel that situation. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
And I felt like just throwing in the towel and giving up. It's done. It's over. How can I ever get back in this race? How can I ever get back into the will of God for my life in ministry? And so there are days where I would just be, you know, just the depression, the heaviness. If you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. It's a very, very dark place in life, right? But little did I know what God had planned for the future. Little, amen? So here's what I want to tell you. When I felt like giving up, when I felt like giving up, there was always that stirring on the inside where it never left me. The desire to press in for more of God never left me. The desire for ministry never left me. Oh, I tried to push it up to the side. Right? Why? Because you try to numb your own pain with fleshly stuff. Come on, somebody. You try to numb your... Am I talking to any humans today? (laughs) Woo! Am I talking to any humans today? We got that on tape right now. Hey, you better, you better, thank God you have a a pastor who's a real person here and don't care. But I did work it out good. I stayed on my feet. But anyways, listen to me. It was a very dark place. I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up. And, and so, you know, my, my secular specialty was aviation. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fly. I'm, you know, forget the ministry thing. How am I ever going to get back into that? I'm just going to fly. <laughs> Cast the devil out of those stairs right now. So I poured myself into the aviation realm, right? And I tried to find satisfaction in that. But even when I was sitting behind in the cockpit, in the yoke there of that jet, something kept stirring me saying, no, you have a call on your life. Don't give up. Come on, somebody. And I had friends and I had people in my life that kept encouraging me. No, 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 don't give up. Don't give up. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Amen? Amen. But our Heavenly Father is cheering us on in this race. He is for you. He is not against you. The Holy Ghost wants to get you back on your path. Amen? The Holy Spirit is our coach. Say coach. Without Him, we would all quit this race. We would forsake the Lord and we would go off in the flesh and into the will of the devil for our lives. Whether you feel him right now, whether you recognize him or not, he is right there helping you. And he is encouraging you. And he is saying, get back in that race. Amen? See, it's when we tap into the grace of God, we have the endurance, the strength, the power, and the ability to win this race. We as humans are weak and powerless to live this Christian life victoriously without the Holy Spirit kicking in and putting us into overdrive, giving us the grace of God, the ability to overcome sin and temptation. Amen? Amen. See, that is the secret to life that is is pleasing to God, that He is the secret. He is the secret staying close to Him to overcome sin, to overcome the world, and to overcome the devil. So if you ever hear someone say, well, if you had a divorce, you can't be in ministry. Here I am. Hello, somebody. 
If there's a call on your life, there's nothing the devil can do to stop you. Hey, now, the only one that could have stopped me is me. The devil couldn't even stop me because I could have disqualified myself. And there's people in this building that are watching online right now that have disqualified themselves. They're sitting in shame right now and they're not getting busy for the Lord. Are you hearing me? So are you feeling weak today? Are you feeling like a failure from your past? Do your plans always seem to fail? Nothing seems to fall in place in your life. Am I talking to anybody? The problem is this. Are you ready? You have been trying to live your life apart from the ability, grace, power, and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. If that is you today, I want to show you what you need to do to get back on track into that race. I will show you how to get refreshed today in this race according to the Word of God. Go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. See, the minute someone, someone religious hears that and they say, oh, they shut their hearing off because they say, what, he went through a divorce? <laughs> See, it's those people who miss out on the golden nuggets that God wants to bring in. Here's what I found in the kingdom of God. God will use someone who offends you to bring truth. Amen. Why? To test your heart. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isaiah 40. Oh, by the way, Marianne been through a divorce too. Just thought I'd throw that in as a nugget. <laughs> you sinner, you. Now, here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, Isaiah 40, 28 through the... The devil is a liar, Amen. You can rise up today and jump back in the ring. Hallelujah. No matter what you have done in the past. Here we go. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Mm, That's good to know. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Off the steps, Lord? Is that what you're talking about? 31, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So now, verses 28 through 29 reveals to us that God neither faints nor is weary, and he is willing, listen to me, to share that power, to share that strength with his people. Isn't that good to know in this race of faith? There is glorious power made made available to his children. If God's power is available to us on this earth as Christians, and he never gets weak, then he must have enough power to give to every person on this earth. Amen? This then reveals this. Are you ready? This reveals to us that if we remain weak or weary, then it's not God's fault. Then it is not God's fault. The responsibility falls into our lap for not tapping into his power, for not tapping into his strength. Amen? What can we do then to draw his power and strength? Because now we know it's available. 
See, electricity is good and great, but until you plug that vacuum into that socket, that vacuum's not going to work. You need to plug into the anointing or else it's not benefiting you. Is someone hearing me today? So what can we do to draw that in? What did the instructions say? Well, verse 31 tells us that those who wait, say wait, wait, who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Renew means you once had it, but now you don't. You once had it, you need to get it back. Am I talking to anyone? The Bible says those, say those, who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. In other words, so in other words, this, those who are tired of being tired, those who are tired of being burned out, those who, who recognize that they are doing a lot of things, but there's no traction in the spirit. You're doing things that are not profitable in your life or for the kingdom of God. Those are Christians that have, uh, that are disciplined enough to wait on the Lord Those who value the presence of God enough. Oh, come on now. Those, say those. Those, those are the Christians that are willing to value and wait uh, in the presence of God. Those who love his presence and fellowship, communion with him. Those that love his written word. Amen. Those who realize that they've been doing things that God has not called them to do. Oh, my. See, the reason is you're weary is because God never called you to do that thing. Or you're out of timing on that thing. Or those who have been trying to push doors open instead of allowing God to open the doors for you. They have been, listen, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, they have been trying to draw or pump strength out of a dry and empty place. They are running ahead of God's plan for their life. They are leaning upon the arm of flesh. I mentioned it it last week. They're leaning upon the arm of flesh for results. And according to Jeremiah 17, it says, you are bringing a curse upon yourself. By not trusting in the Lord. By not making Him your first priority. Waiting, listen to this now. So everybody hears that that phrase, wait on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not some passive instruction. Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that you got to get lazy spiritually. Are you hearing me? Some use the excuse, well, I'm just not going to church for months or years because I'm just waiting on the Lord. Come on, listen, now listen to me. I'm not, I'm not making fun of anybody, but here's what I want to say. No, waiting on the Lord means that you are continuing to be a doer of the word. You are pursuing a fellowship and a relationship with the Lord. You are continuing, are you ready for this? You're continuing still to be a Christian. There are things you are expected to do, basic, as a Christian, that every Christian should do. This waiting on the Lord thing is talking about your specific niche, your purpose for Him. See, God's not giving you a license to bail out from doing the general stuff of being a Christian. Are you following me? Right? Right? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I think I'm going to play with this Ouija board in the meantime. 
Come on, somebody. Come on. So we can't get goofy with God. You know, we can't get goofy with God. He still wants you to go plug in somewhere and to be a Christian. Amen? You are waiting on him to reveal further instructions about your personal life and ministry. You are still expected, again, to be a Christian. You're still expected to do the basics, basic things uh, in your calling and your custom purpose, your specialty. That's what you're waiting on. Am I getting it clear here? Yes. All right. So I know what the fear of doing this is. You are afraid that you will miss the will of God for your life. Okay. I mean, I've been in that place in my life many times where I'm just pushing doors open because I'm just so excited. And the Holy Spirit saying, no, no. You, be, you know, there was actually times where the Holy Spirit forbade Paul from going into a certain region to preach. Now, what most what <laughs> most Christians would say, get behind me, devil, I'm going in there and I'm going to preach. The Holy Spirit forbade him to go. Why? Because there, the Holy Spirit was trying to prepare the way for him to go in at a specific time. And if he went in before, guess if he gets harmed, if he gets hurt, guess whose fault it is? His because he's pushing a door open. When, you see, this is why we need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's the will of God for that time frame. That's why when someone comes to me and says, hey, I have this idea. Can we do this in the church or blah, blah, blah? I mean, uh, they're expecting me to say, yeah, absolutely. Let's jump on it. And I'm like, let's pray about it. And then they kind of look at you like, pastor, are you saved? <laughs> right, right. Like, what? Aren't we just. No, no, we're going to pray about it. Because I just don't want to spin my spiritual wheels and have no traction. We don't want to waste our time on something if if we're not supposed to do that idea, but we're supposed to do this idea that's going to gain more results for the kingdom. That's what I want to do. Amen? Amen? So let me tell you this if you are remaining in fellowship, uh, by seeking God daily in prayer and, and reading the word, making Jesus the very center of your life. When God has a mission for you, you're going to know about it. Right. M- many Christians are just afraid. Am I going to miss God? Am I going to miss God? Not if you're staying focused on him. Amen. No, if you're not staying focused on him, probably. Yeah, yeah. Things of the flesh, things of the world, the pride of life, money, all these things. Yeah, you'll probably miss it if you're focused on that junk. Hello, somebody. But if you're keeping him and his word at the center of your life, I guarantee you, you will never miss out on the will of God for your life. He will get your attention if you're focused on him. Amen? I have been in the position many times in the past as well as a lot of us, again, that we beat down doors and we did things and it fell flat, right? Personally, right now, I feel like I'm in a season of my life that I can truly say that I'm not running ahead of the Holy Spirit or behind, but he's walking right side by side of me right now. Ooh, that's a good feeling. Amen. You know what that's called? Spiritual maturity. What? Right? Uh, parents, when you're out with, uh, with your kids, right? You go to the zoo or something. They get out of the car. You're un. Unlo- you're unloading. You're, you're unloading the car, right? You're trying to unload the car. The kids get out. What's the first thing they do? Ah, let's go. Let's go see the giraffe. 
Hold on, slow down. Wait for mom and dad. That's what the Holy Spirit's saying to Christians. Amen. A lot of y'all want to see the spiritual giraffes and we're, the Holy Ghost is saying, wait, slow down. I want to be on that tour with you. Amen. Hallelujah. So listen to this. So waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that you're standing still spiritually. On the contrary, you are making giant steps spiritually because you have ceased from the works of the flesh and determined to know him more and be led by the Holy Spirit. So waiting on the Lord is not an excuse to get lazy in your personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Listen to this. Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean to slow down or stop your spiritual life. It means this. This is what the Holy Spirit said. I love this. Ready? It means to slow down or stop mentally and physically from things that are draining your spirit, spiritual life. Come on, somebody. Oh, my, my, my. Let me say it one more time. Waiting on the Lord means to slow down or to stop, stop mentally or physically from doing things that are draining your spiritual life. That's what waiting on the Lord means. Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean to allow your relationship with God to be on hold or to suffer. It means this. Waiting on the Lord is this. Refocusing to let go of the things that have been hindering you, the things that are unprofitable for you. Have you ever, anybody ever thought of waiting on the Lord this, this kind of perspective? See? Many people just think of it as, oh good, God's given me a license to be lazy now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I love looks on faces. When I, say, when I drop a, a truth bomb, I see people go. You know, you, know, you got to give, give that look to your husband and wife, you know. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? Come on, somebody. <laughs> see, in the natural, however, God may ask, or require you to forsake things that have been pushing or pursue that you've been pushing or pursuing on your own and those things that he has not called you to do i know many people they had a ministry and in you know whatever i mean they're doing the will of the lord and maybe it was the end of a season here's the deal you got to know when the anointing stops never go beyond the anointing Never go beyond the anointing. That goes with anything. Spiritual gifts, uh, operating in the Holy Ghost, whatever it is. When you feel the anointing lift, stop. Because anything after that, you look like an idiot. Anybody throwing tomatoes at me yet? God may call you to a season of just prayer and fasting and Bible study. Listen, to prepare you, to launch you into your purpose and calling, to launch you in to a new season of your life. Amen? How many of you know there are, your life is a culmination of seasons? See, you're, where you're at right now is not where you're going to stay. Things are going to change. New opportunities are going to open up. 
And your thing is, you got to know what opportunities are from the Lord and what's from the enemy. Or what is just from the flesh and unprofitable for you. There are some in this place and listening to me on the internet that are burned out, weak, powerless, and ready to give up because they've been running ahead and not walking with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Ready for this? 1 Corinthians 3, 6 talks about laboring. Here it is. Are you ready? The key word? Laboring together with the Lord. You have not been laboring. If you've fallen into the trap of getting burned out, you have not been laboring together with the Lord. You've been doing it on your own. Here it is. You've gone beyond the anointing. Oh, my. Because if the anointing's on it, there's going to be a freshness on it. There's going to be a strength on you for it. You've gone beyond the anointing. Man, I hear that so strong in my spirit right now. If you are laboring with the Holy Spirit, listen, He will provide and equip you with the strength that you need. If you run ahead, here's, oh my, my, my. If you run ahead, the picture I had was there's, a, there's like a rope connecting you with the Holy Spirit. If you run ahead of him, you're cutting that rope. And that is your life source. That he's like an umbilical cord. Come on, somebody. The spiritual umbilical cord of the Holy Ghost. When you run ahead of him, you sever that cord. And you stop the provision of the anointing from coming in the blessing from coming into your life. You cut off... Oh, the feeding tube. So what happens when you stop eating? You get weak. You start to die spiritually. I'm talking about spiritually too. Yeah, physically, sure, you'll die. But you start to get weak. You start to get burned out. It's just horrible, right? And, and eventually your, your spiritual life just starts to wane. And finally, now you're just back in the flesh. No fire anymore. No Holy Ghost fire. You're worthless ministering to people. You're worthless witnessing to people because after all, who wants what you got? You know, the only time people, oh, I hear this right now. The only time people want what you want is when that feeding tube is hooked to the Holy Ghost. Here's the thing. It's not you they want. They want the Holy Ghost. They want the presence of God. They want Jesus Christ. And by the way, you, so many people say, well, you always talk about the Holy Ghost. You never talk about No, the Holy Ghost glorifies Jesus. Yes. The fruit of the ministry of the Holy Ghost is glorifying him. Yes. We need to know about the Holy Ghost. He's a third, per, third person of the Godhead. The only person on this earth right now. Yes. Amen? Amen? So we are to labor together with the Holy Spirit. Yes. You getting anything out of this? Yes. The Holy Spirit said this. I will only anoint my desires. We always talk about the will of God. We're so used to hearing will, will, will. You know what? Put, you could put the word desire in there and it does no injustice to that. The desire of God. Doesn't that give it a different flair? The desire of God. God desires to heal you. God desires to set you free. God desires to provide your every need. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Now, remember this. The Holy Spirit wanted me to have you think about this. The Holy Spirit sees ahead. He sees the future. He knows the future. The things that we cannot see, right? He will not anoint something that will be destructive to you personally 
or to the kingdom of God. He will not anoint anything that will bring shame to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? He will not anoint anything unprofitable. There's one thing the Holy Ghost knows about is how to make a profit in every area of your life. He will only anoint his desire. I thought that was powerful. That ministered to me when he spoke it. So the key to winning this race of faith is to stay side by side with the Holy Spirit. It means trusting him even when your flesh and human wisdom is tempting you not to. And it's tempting you to give up on this race. The Lord is beckoning his people today to wait on him for direction. Refocus, wait on him for his power and strength and clear insight. Hmm. Yeah, the Holy Spirit just said, he said, a lot of times when you're not hearing anything from him, because he wants you to continue with your last instruction. And you've gotten off course from your original first instruction from him. And only you would know that, unless he gives me a word of knowledge. But, I mean, that's you. Amen? That's what's going on in your heart right now. So in Isaiah 40, 31, God promises those who wait on him, and those that rely on him, and those who will walk side by side with him, the Holy Spirit, that they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, I want to show you something. Go to Hebrews 10. I want to show you something here. I want to show you something. There's a word that's been very uh, tore apart in the body of Christ and looked at negatively. But I want to show you something here. Hebrews 10, 32 through 36. It says, but recall, say recall. recall. <clears throat> the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle by both, re, uh, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, say therefore. therefore. This is the word therefore means I'm going to sum it up for you right now. That's what he's saying. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. King James says patience. Say patience. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, in verses 32 through 34 here, the Holy Spirit is encouraging believers to look back, say look back, at past trials and tribulations that they have went through for the sake of the gospel and how they joyfully accepted the reproach, right? The suffering for the gospel's sake. Because they were focused on the finish line of heaven. Do you remember when you got first got born again? Anybody could come at you with anything and it didn't matter. The peace, the joy, man, it was there. What happened? What happened? Come on, listen to this. The Bible says that our citizenship as Christians is in heaven. You agree with that? Good. 
So keep your head up. Keep your eyes on the prize. It's so easy to forget about the faithfulness of God in the midst of a trial. But go back. Listen to me. This is what we need to do. If you're in a trial right now and it feels dim in your trial, right? You need to go back in your life. You need to remember, recall the times that God has helped you, that God has delivered you out of the trouble. And you need to tell yourself, why would I start doubting God now? It's okay to look back to gain strength and encouragement for your present trials. It is okay and profitable. I said profitable to look back and draw strength from that. It is profitable for you to look back. It's not profitable for you to look back when you draw negative emotions. Okay, listen to me. It's not profitable for you to to look back on negative circumstances and draw negative emotions that would hinder your spiritual race now. And here's the deal. Are you ready? Who determines that? Us. It takes an act of your will to remember, to draw strength, to draw comfort from the faithfulness of God from past trials. You either will, (laughs) come on, you'll either do that or you're going to fall into fear and discouragement. And it's up to you. It's this, the Holy Spirit said these words. He said, it's either a glass half full or a glass half empty. And it's your choice on what perspective you take. Glass half empty or glass half full? Say perspective. Perspective. Recall means to call it back into your thought life. That is why the Holy Spirit in the Word of God lovingly reminds us to remember how God never left you. Remember how God never forsook you in the past and He won't do it now. Amen? Amen? Now in verse 35, the Word of God says not to cast your confidence Say confidence. confidence. Away, which has great reward. I don't know about you, but when I see something that's connected in the word to a great reward, I perk up. What? Great reward. What? Say confidence. confidence. Don't cast away your confidence or faith. God has not forsaken you whatever trial you're going in right now. He has not forsaken you. God has not forsaken you in this storm. Amen? Don't cast away your confidence. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep running the race. Keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance or patience. Listen, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice, after you have done the will of God. You got to do the will of God to get the reward. Listen to this. This verse reveals to us that we have need of endurance or patience to receive that promise. Faith is the bridge. It's the time frame between believing and receiving. How many of you know that? Faith and patience. I've said it many times from this pulpit. Faith and patience are twins. You cannot have one. Come on, without the other. If that's true then, listen to this. Your patience... When you have patience, this is what I'm talking about. That patience is looked at as a dirty word in the body of Christ. Anytime you hear the word patience, immediately, don't you, aren't you like your eyes roll back? Like, oh, great, here we go. I'm just being honest, right? Well, what you're doing is you're taking a worldly definition of patience. You need the biblical definition of patience, Amen. 
So if faith is the bridge, the time frame from believing a promise to receiving, right? If that's true, then your patience must be filled with expectation and not a negative attitude. Did you just hear what I said? If faith and patience are twins, they work together. Hello, somebody. That must mean that patience is a confident expectation in the waiting period. You never thought of that before, did you? Why? Because you've accepted the sewer of the world's definition of patience. Come on, somebody. Y'all been drinking some sewer water. And I'm giving you a pill to clear it up. Come on. Amen. Your patience, biblical patience, is filled with expectation, with joy. Come on, somebody. With rejoicing. Man, I am convinced. I'm convinced, even with myself, even with myself in the past, that I have cut off my faith because of my perspective of patience. I am convinced. What's going on? I I really believe this is a dimension of faith and receiving from God that we have overlooked in the body of Christ. The patience factor. We viewed it as a negative And God says, no, if you really have patience connected to faith, you're going to be joyful in the waiting. That is why, listen, that is why faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. There's another one that you've been drinking sewer water on, the body of Christ. is the word hope. Hope. You know, it's like, oh, I hope I get this. We've watered it down so much. Biblical hope means this, a confident expectation. Say confident. Not a wavering. A confident expectation. So it's, it's the evidence. Uh, that is why faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's an expectation, a confident expectation, and the evidence of things not seen. Patience takes hold of the evidence. Oh, my, 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 my. Patience takes hold of the evidence that you have received before you see it. Why am I feeling like Kenneth Copeland up here this morning? I'm about as tall as him. (laughs) For real, though, think about that. I really believe that, that the patience and hope factor, because we've taken a worldview, it's totally cut our faith off. Yep. Okay? So, so, in other words, so your blessing, patience, I'm talking about, your blessing or payday might not manifest immediately. And 99.9%, it does not. Right? I mean, we're so used to the drive through mentality, Right? Drive there, I want it now. Okay. But here's this is where it says you have need of patience connected to faith. I like that. Amen. So, in fact, let me just be the bearer of news here to you, okay? So, so you don't walk out of here, okay, and believe something wrong. Are you ready for this? 
In fact, you will most likely have to press through some pretty uh, trying trials and tribulations in your life to get to the promise. Do you really think the devil's going to let it go unhindered? You don't know the devil very well then. If it's the will of God. Amen? So, again, stop viewing patience from that negative aspect. I'm telling you, I'm feeling. Whew, I'm feeling that right now. That This week, just go home and meditate on that. Look at scriptures on patience and, and tie it into faith. All right? When you read a scripture about faith, add patience to it. You're not doing any injustice. They're twins. Amen? So, we w- yeah, again, we want the blessings and benefits immediately, but it may not happen that way, okay? Uh, the question is this. Are you ready? Do, do you put enough value on the will of God for your life to press through the trials? Do you put enough value on your life for the desires of God to press through the, the challenges, through the trials, Okay? Now, that verse is not just talking about receiving from God, but it's talking about receiving your final reward when you hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, that's what this is all about. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, are you going to leave me? And Peter said, Lord, where would we go? That's the attitude Christians need to have. But here's the problem. Christians have this backup mentality. Where are we going to go? Oh, when things go hard, oh, I'm going to go to the bottle. Oh, when things get too hard, I'm going to go into this sin now. Oh, when things get... Christians, here's the problem. They have a backup plan, and it's not including God. Are you following me this morning? Don't have a backup plan. Be like Peter. Lord, where would I go? There's nowhere else to go. For you hold eternal life. Come on, amen. Go one more time to Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. Let's close this thing out. Let's bring it on final approach right now. Hallelujah. Again, let me read this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares or traps us. And let us run with endurance or patience. Hmm. We are to walk by faith, right? But when we're running, we need the patience. You catching that? There's something about that. It's interesting, when the Holy Ghost gives me a little nugget, I don't have full light on it. Just, there it is. Take it and run with it this week. Meditate on it. Amen? And I will too. I'll try to figure more of that out. But run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't care about the shame. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. This scripture, I want to close on this, just a couple points. This scripture gives us some very important keys that we need to take hold of if we're going to finish this race victoriously. Number one, it says lay aside every weight. 
I find it very interesting that the Word of God makes a distinction in this verse between weights and sin. Weights and sin. Because there are some things in your life, they're not necessarily sin, but they're holding you back. Some people are in your life that are holding you back from the will of God. Are you following me, somebody? There are some weights. Weights are those things, like I said, they're not necessarily sin, but they're not profitable for you, and they're hindering your purpose for your life, the the will of God for your life. And they slow you down and hinder you in the race of faith. Sometimes they wait. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, is a person. It could be a thing. It could be a person, place, or thing. All right? So pray about it. Next, lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. The Word of God says that sin will ensnare us or it will trip us up. It's a trap. It's a trap, right? Have you ever seen Wile E. Coyote, the roadrunner? That, that thing's always, always trying to set traps for that roadrunner. And it always falls on, on himself. Amen? But So we need to know. We need to be aware and discern the traps the enemy has set in front of us. And you need to go around them. Amen. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pick yourself up. Confess your sin. Repent. Make a change. And get back in the race. Don't stay in the pit that the enemy has set for you. You made a mistake. Get moving. Amen. Now, last of all, run the race with endurance or patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. So number, here is what you got to do. Number three, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. When it says keep your eyes on, that's a way of saying stay focused. Stay focused. Amen? I mean, if we have to, we'll get you some horse blinders, whatever we got to do, right? So that means you got to look straight ahead, stay focused on the Lord. You're going to have things coming all to the side trying to get your attention. You're going to have many voices speaking into your life. And it's up to you to discern what ones are from the Lord and what's not. And one way to do that is getting in the Word. The more you get in the Word, the more you become familiar with His voice. And you'll, you'll know what is not of the Lord. Amen? So consider the trials and tribulations that Jesus endured on this earth. Yet he remained obedient to his heavenly Father. So draw strength from the Master, knowing that whatever trial we come up against, the power of the Holy Spirit is well able to keep us from falling and to tap into heaven's resources. Amen? Don't get angry at God for something the enemy caused or that you caused yourself. Keep the anger where it belongs. Amen? Take it off of God. He's your only hope. He's your only strength. He's the only one that's going to get you through this life. And at the end of your life, you can confidently say, like the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Come on. And I have kept the faith. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. We are in a race and we need to finish it. Prayer team, come forward this morning. Hallelujah. This, I know this was a word from the Holy Ghost. The timing on this is absolutely amazing. Now, if you're in this place, you didn't come up earlier. This message spoke directly to you. It gripped your heart. And you want more prayer this morning? I want you to come to this altar and pray with our prayer team uh, uh, this morning. And we want to minister to you. Maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Do not See, you need to first make Him Lord before you get in the race. Amen. 
See, right now without Christ, you're on a race, but it's racing toward hell and the lake of fire for eternity. And the Word of God says you don't know. Listen, today is a day of salvation because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Amen? So if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, just come to this altar. You don't even have to wait. Just come down. Let's get this done before you take your last breath. If you need to rededicate to the Lord, this pricked you in the heart today. Maybe you're, maybe like me, you've gone through trials. Maybe in the past you've had a divorce. Maybe you, you, something happened that totally rocked you to the core and you, you've been sitting on the sidelines, but you feel a stir and you've never felt the Holy Ghost leave. You come forward today and pray with them because there is an anointing for that. Amen. If you want the Holy Ghost baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come forward. It's not a Living Waters Chapel thing. It's not a Pastor James thing. It's a Bible thing. Amen. And it is powerful. Amen. You want to learn more about that? Come forward. If you need prayer for anything, come forward this morning. We will stay as long as possible. Uh, a couple announcements. You'll see in the back table there, there's some bottles, empty bottles for the uh, uh, positive alternatives. Make sure, let's take them, let's empty that table, bring them back. They're due back next week, Father's Day. Okay. Um, this Wednesday, we have, um, uh, we're going to combine Wednesday service with uh, Celebration of Life for uh, Brother Ron, Ron Rose, who went home to be with the Lord. So that's at 7 o'clock. We're going to honor him. Amen? Um, so we definitely want to do that. Um, what else? What else? Oh, the library board meeting is tomorrow night here in Carroll at 5 p.m. I'm going to be there, of course. We're going to shake some trees again. Come on, somebody. And what no, would help? Having you guys there to shake some trees as well. Amen? We need to. That is straight-up pornography in that children's section. And we need to come against it and not back down. Amen? Lord, bless every person. Encamp them with your holy angels. Let a fresh anointing be upon them. Lord God, give them a wonderful and a safe week and a healthy week. And everybody said? Amen. Love you all. We'll see you next week.